0: and welcome to the Annie Monday podcast my name is Colin Hemphill
1: and I'm Kayla Hemphill
0: on our show we roll the virtual dice each week and must watch a randomly selected anime title
1: welcome to our show
0: yeah welcome we're glad to be here glad you're joining us
1: yeah we have
0: had a lot of new listeners recently mm-hmm. and that's been exciting to watch
1: yeah definitely
0: keep those numbers growing
1: <laughs> please.
0: Well, last week we hit the random button on Crunchyroll, and the freestyle move executed for us is called Tribe Cool Crew. This is pretty unique for us in that this was essentially just an anime series, and there wasn't really any precursor to it or follow-up to it. There was the 50-episode anime series in 2014, produced by Sunrise. And the only other thing they did with it was they made a rhythm game based on it in 2015 for the 3DS. So that's actually kind of nice that uh, (laughs) I didn't have to read pages and pages (laughs) of history to try to figure out what the origin of this show is.
1: It just exists.
0: Yeah. We watch the first four episodes, and we will try to avoid major spoilers, and there are none. (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler. Uh Uh-huh. Kayla, would you like to talk about the plot for us?
1: Hanaru is a middle school student with dreams of becoming a dance idol like his hero, Jay. If he wants to make his dreams come true, Hanaru is going to need the help of his newfound friends in the Tribe Cool Dance Crew.
0: Well, we've had a couple examples of shows on the Monday podcast before of things that are kind of like you might consider them a sports anime or a, a sort of a pop idol anime variations on that kind of theme where the main concept and the main plot is really just these kids are good at doing something Mm -hmm. and they like go do it
1: yeah yeah and this show has a little bit of that competition element that a lot of sports animes have
0: so the the surrounding plot that we've seen so far is pretty thin we kind of get introduced to two different groups of people and they are each a a dance crew, or at least become a dance crew. Uh, the first one is the Cool Crew, which is a shorter form of a very long name that I didn't write down. Mm-hmm. And the other one is uh, Tribal Soul. And so the name comes from, like, the combination of those two dance crews. And uh, the Cool Crew is, like, two kids, and Tribal Soul is, like seemingly adults who are actual professional dancers of some sort
1: it's really hard to tell their ages in this
0: yeah like like you said um the main character is a middle school student Mm -hmm. and all we really know is that they're older Uh, but let's i guess talk about hanaru a little bit any general thoughts about this character
1: he is exactly what I would imagine a middle school boy to be like. Super energetic, super confident, and really pushy. Um, He doesn't have much regard for other people's feelings. Not that he's a mean kid. He's not mean. But when he interacts with other people, he just is sort of like, oh, you'll be fine. Just do the thing. And has no regard for like, why somebody wouldn't want to do it. And he gets rewarded for that a lot. Yeah. So this show doesn't show him getting punished at all for being, like, pushy. There's no sort of, like, emotional development for him. It seems like he's going to be the kid that has this big dream, and he's going to push everyone to help him achieve that dream. And he's probably going to be successful, and there's not going to be any repercussions... Or how he sort of steamrolls over people.
0: Yeah, I I felt the same way about the character. Uh, Word for word, what I I wrote in my notes is, quote, real up in everyone's business. (laughs) And that's kind of this whole character. It's like you said, he is very pushy on everyone and considers himself pretty great. Even though there are like a few spotty moments where he realizes hey, I really can improve and I need to get better. It's really hard for this character to get out of his own head and see that there are other people and people who are different than he is.
1: Yeah, one thing that I was kind of noting about him is that he is somebody that has this raw talent. And we've talked about this before with people that have different kinds of raw talents is that it can be really hard for them to grow as a person because that raw talent can take them so far um, that a lot of times they don't fine-tune their skills or they don't develop them really because, because their talent will take them a lot further than people who have to start somewhere and really have to work harder at it. And this is like the culmination of that like if you were to meet a kid who's super talented in something and has had people praise him like his whole life this would be that kid
0: he's an especially weird character to me because he is very egotistical about his own abilities to dance given the fact that he you know performs in front of a mirror every single day of his life (laughs) and then when he's finished with the song looks at himself and goes man i'm awesome (laughs) look how cool i looked mm-hmm. but at the same time uh he is equally willing to dole out the compliments to other people uh n- not once in the show do we do we see him like look down on another character for being like inferior to him it's almost like the character doesn't know what a bad dancer is and so everyone is just super cool to him
1: yeah this is part of what I was saying earlier. He's not a mean kid at all. He's he's actually a really nice kid. He's just also kind of full of himself, which is kind of funny because everyone he surrounds himself with is more talented than he is.
0: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, something I noted about this character is they keep trying to push the idea that he's real good at jumping. Yeah, because he's short and has had to him... learn
1: how to jump, I uh-huh. guess, is the reasoning.
0: And, like, that's what makes him a good dancer is that he's real cool at jumping. But there's a few problems with this. (laughs) First of all, they basically only use it to show him, like, doing a little parkour. Mm -hmm. Because that's how he gets around the city. Yep. It doesn't actually, like, play into his dancing at all.
1: Not that we've seen, at least.
0: Yeah. But, like, people spot... At one point, a guy spots him in the crowd and goes, you're probably an awesome dancer because he's jumping real high. Yeah. Uh, and the final thing I'd note about this character is that he is obsessed with a particular performing artist named JL. And I guess this is a, a dancer, potentially also a music producer, though. Um, or at least, like, has his own music that he dances to.
1: This pop idol reminds me of Powerline from the Goofy movie because he is that kind of all-encompassing like character who has been based off of Michael Jackson um, as being both a really talented artist and dancer. Right. But we haven't really seen him dance. We've just heard about him dancing, but we've heard a lot of his music.
0: Yeah, I'm very excited to talk about that later.
1: (laughs) So the other member of the cool crew is Kanan, and she is a very contrasting character to Hanaru.
0: Yeah, this character is introduced because a lot of people have been passing around a video online of this particular dancer who goes by the, the name Rhythm, and hanaru gets a hold of this video and sees her and thinks she's really cool and it turns out that this character has been like practicing alongside him for an untold amount of time uh, because he like performs in front of this one-way mirror and she performs on the other side
1: it's like in a building
0: yeah in this building and During most of the day, you can't see through the window, but in the evening, it turns out she's there.
1: Yeah. As soon as the sun started setting, they were able to see one another where she could always see out, but he couldn't see in because of the way the light was. He would only see his reflection because he's like in an alleyway between two buildings and she's on the inside of the building. I don't actually think that's
0: how glass works. Probably not. But like you said, this this is a contrasting character because if it were Hanaru on the other side, he would have been like, whoa, you're so cool. And he would have went out of his way to go find her. Mm-hmm. But she basically just keeps this a secret forever and never introduces herself or goes to find this boy she's been staring at. <laughs> um, because she's real shy and quiet and timid and kind of the complete opposite of the main character.
1: But it's weird because she's also a YouTube star. I don't know if it's actually YouTube, but it's a YouTube-like thing. Right. And it's funny because she talks about how she has this like fear of performing in front of people, which she's never done, but she records the videos for everyone to see her dance. And then the first time that she gets asked to dance in front of people, she gets pushed into it by Hanaru, And she does it. And then immediately falls in love with it. Like, she's super resistant for, like, a whole episode. She keeps saying, no, it's not going to happen. And he stalks her into uh, a a place where there's going to be, like, a kind of competition. And they get pulled on stage. And he, like, makes her compete. And she doesn't. She's like, I'm going to do this now. You're like, were you really afraid of it? (laughs) Like, you just didn't even, you didn't even try. And now you're totally over your your stage fright.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. I I know that some people definitely have a a thing where it's really easy for them to perform in front of a camera, uh, and when they have enough time to practice and edit and make it perfect, then it's fine. But like doing the exact same thing in front of real live people uh, would be totally different. So I guess I can understand that, and especially if she's going with the masked thing. I don't know.
1: I, I, I guess I can understand that. I, I get that way when I have to speak on stage, um, which I have to do sometimes for my job, and every single time I'm shaking, but I do a podcast okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> More live shows. You'll get used to it.
1: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I was shaking before then, too.
0: Yeah, in general, what I get from these two characters is that I see the show doing something that I see pretty frequently that really bothers me, which is treating introverted characters like they're wrong in some way. Yes. And acting like it's a character flaw that that character has to overcome to be a better person. Yeah. Uh, instead of what it actually is which is a normal way that some people (laughs) act
1: yeah yeah and i i think the struggle here is that a lot of times people treat introverted people as shy that's like two things that get paired together a lot and so it's even hard to say like is she just a shy person or is she an introverted person but in this show, they really seem to make it a both thing. She does tend to isolate. She doesn't. She's not in everybody's face or anything like that. Um, but they've they put it with this like kind of social awkwardness, this social shyness that I think a lot of times people assume are present with introverted people.
0: Yeah, and and like you said, Honoru keeps just pushing her into uncomfortable situations. He essentially forces her to reveal her identity that she had kept hidden and then goads her into forming this dance crew against her will. And after all of those things take place, she looks back on it and goes, I guess you were right. I was just being boring before. Mm -hmm. And then there's no there's no repercussions for the way that he acted around somebody.
1: Yeah, he. I I can see this going forward in a way where he constantly gets rewarded for his rude behavior towards other people.
0: So at one point uh, after he does basically stalk this character Mm -hmm. because he expects, hey, maybe she'll show up to this dance event. uh, So I'm going to go there and look out for her. They do um, end up at this event together where there's like this freestyle dance competition going on. And that's where you're introduced to the tribal soul people. And the three members of that group are Kumo, Mizuki, and Yuzu. And uh, I'm wondering what your kind of general thoughts on these characters is.
1: I have short little sentences for each of them. So for Kumo, I put grumpy breakdancing guy. For Mizuki, I put candy craze jazz dancing girl. And for Yuzu... I put gentlemanly all her.
0: That's fairly similar to my sentences. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that's really all we've been introduced to so far is they kind of have, like, a genre that they specialize in. Um, and then they have, like, a role within the crew, which is that Kumo is kind of like the overall leader and Yuzu is like an MC sort of. Mm-hmm. He he kind of like announces and tries to hype the crowd for these events.
1: He is strangely the most popular.
0: It's He's really, the most charming. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, I think once we talk about their character designs, um, it's it's a cool character.
1: Yeah, and Mizuki's just kind of eye candy.
0: Yeah. Uh, this does raise some questions about why this dance crew exists <laughs> like why they chose three people who specialize in completely different styles of music mm-hmm. and you have to wonder like the only time we've actually seen them perform so far is that they did like this these one-on-one battles and they danced to the same music and then just kind of used their own style for that yep If you ever see all three of these dancing together, what does that look like? Because.
1: Yeah, they briefly did right before the one on one battle began and they had like a kind of coordinated thing going on. It would be interesting to see what different dance numbers would look like.
0: And despite these differences, this crew has the same kind of aspiration as our main characters in that their goal is also to dance with jl
1: who we don't know anything about right other than that he's just famous
0: yep and we hear a lot of his music yes we do and with that we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back and we'll talk about production
1: Welcome back. Colin, would you like to go into some of the different thoughts that you have about the production?
0: Yeah, sure thing. So starting off with like kind of the character designs and animation stuff, um, the way I kind of describe this show is a refined kids show. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. It has some of the kind of visual style that you might see in a kid's anime. But for some reason to me, it just looks not just like better produced or like higher budget, but just like there was more thought put into it. It wasn't just like this quick, hey, let's appeal to kids some way, and we'll kind of just go with that. And who cares? With the exception of our main character. (laughs) Because to me, it feels like they created this really interesting character palette And kind of built this dance universe around these really interesting dancers. And then they plopped in Hanaru, uh, like pulled him from Yu-Gi-Oh over here. (laughs) And were like, here, we'll put you in the dance show. Mm -hmm. And that's where he came from. Mm -hmm. Uh, In general, these characters are, like they have a, a lot going on to them. There's a lot of markings and accessories and just stuff going on with the characters. But for the most part, I think they work. Um, I just don't dig Hanaru.
1: It's interesting because I find each of the characters has a distinct look that goes with their style of dancing. So Kumo, who's the break dancer, he is kind of muscular looking he's dressed in a lot of like dark colors. He's got a lot of kind of sharp lines. Um, and Mizuki, she's the jazz dancer. She has a a few more like curvy lines, not quite round. She's definitely like curves and lines. Even Kanan is styled in what I would call like bubblegum pop. Like she actually, to me, looks like a little bubblegum. She's a lot of circles. Her whole if if you look at like the entirety of how she's drawn, like her hair is like one big oval. She has like her bangs are like an oval shape. She has these like lines that depict her eyebrows, but at the end of her eyebrow she has like these little circles, which are kind of weird. But she has a lot of these kind of round shapes in her and she does a lot of this sort of freestyle pop. And Hanaru doesn't really fit anything. And maybe that's because he doesn't have a distinct style yet. He's kind of his own thing, or maybe he's creating something. And maybe that's why he looks so different, Um, is because he's something else entirely. But I do agree that he doesn't fit the same sort of attention that the rest of the characters got. Even Yuzu, um, the gentleman one, he... Does a lot of like old school kind of dancing. They talk about how he's like good at the Charleston and things like that. Like but a lot of things. And he he has sort of this like roundness with like very thin, straight lines. Um, like all of his clothing, they're all like straight lines, but he himself is like a round person.
0: Yeah, it looks kinda like an egg.
1: <laughs> he does kind of look like an egg. <laughs> a very dapper egg.
0: Yeah, if I can describe hanaru a little bit like specifically what he's wearing it's that he's got a he's got a backwards yellow cap and it's got like these huge stupid bunny ear looking pieces of hair coming out the the loop in the front and then he's got the rest which i don't know how he has any more hair to (laughs) to use but he pulls the rest out the back through uh, a ponytail and he's got like these crazy lightning bolt eyelashes that zigzag below his eyes and come out the side of his face (laughs) he wears fingerless gloves and like this loose fitting shirt that doesn't make any sense
1: that loose fitting shirt is like a dancer shirt i was actually really convinced that hanaru was a girl because of the way that he was dressed i've seen a lot of my friends who are dancers wear those kind of clothing. And I guess I just never really saw any male dancers wear those, but that sort of like colorless shirt that you can see they're wearing like a tank top underneath and like the shirt is kind of like over, you know, exposing one shoulder. And it's kind of a crop top thing.
0: I've definitely seen shirts like that and I know what they're kind of going for. But if you pay attention to, like, the way the button situation works, it literally physically doesn't make any sense.
1: I should also note that his hat is crucial to his appearance. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because the one time we see him without his hat, those those bunny ear bangs that you're talking about, those still stick straight up. Like, they make sense in the hat, I know it's, they're weird looking, but they make sense when they're popping out of the hat. They don't make sense without a hat. They're no. just sitting on the front of his forehead.
0: And then when he takes the rest out of a ponytail, he has a mullet. And it's yes. horrible. <laughs> it's the worst.
1: Um, part of the reason also why I thought he was a girl was because of those eyelashes. I didn't really notice that they zigzagged. They just kind of looked long like very exaggerated i've since decided that his eyelashes are his ahoge yeah that
0: might as well be he doesn't
1: really have an ahoge but he has these crazy long eyelashes
0: yeah i I noted that kumo kind of looks like a pirate a little bit (laughs) yeah uh and going back to yuzu who is kind of the portly guy um he is wearing like a dress shirt and tie and suspenders And he looks all fancy and prim and proper. The man is wearing suspenders and also a belt at the same time.
1: (laughs) Colin got so upset when he realized this.
0: (laughs) What kind of a monster?
1: (laughs) Maybe he needs the support. His legs are very skinny. It must be very difficult to find pants that fit his portly belly, but his very, very thin legs like some weird skinny jeans
0: it's no excuse get a tailor <laughs> oh my
1: goodness. so judgy we know he
0: has money <laughs> that's true he brings like expensive tea to share so judgy <laughs> <laughs> uh the only other thing about the like character designs is we noted that all the dancers at least have weird like dark fingertips
1: oh my gosh how did i forget to talk about this yeah there's no reason for it just yeah. the way that they're colored it's it's not like you know you see them have gloves or something they just have like normal whatever their skin color is and then it'll just kind of go like a shade darker with like usually more of like a pink kind of tone to it um it's very bizarre
0: yeah, it's an it's an unusual choice, and we couldn't make any, like, rhyme or reason of why they did it.
1: Yeah. It would make more sense if they, like, used, like, their hands more, and it was supposed to be, like, a sign of, like, calluses or something. But it just seems like it was a an artistic choice that they made about how they wanted the hands to look. My small theory with it is that these hands are actually drawn really well, and hands are notoriously difficult to draw. And I I was thinking... Maybe it was a way to draw attention to the hands and to kind of show them off because when I really started paying attention to how well the hands were drawn, like it's pretty impressive.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about the kind of general animation?
1: So this show does something that we've kind of talked about before, but in a totally different way. Is that this show not only has hand-drawn animation, but it also has computer animation. And this happens at a very specific time in the show, which is during the dance sequences. So anytime that these characters start really dancing, it suddenly shifts into computer animation, and it's pretty noticeable.
0: Yeah, so this is obviously notoriously difficult to do. There are a few, like, kind of non-dances. I wouldn't... There's. They're like when a character just kind of does a dance. They're not doing a whole routine.
1: More like a shimmy or something. Yeah,
0: They'll animate that normally um, with the same style that they've been using throughout the show. It's just when they go into the big numbers. And when it comes to this kind of stuff, if you want to get really detailed, there's really two options for how you animate that. Uh, the old school way is rotoscoping which is very time consuming and very expensive. That's essentially when you literally take a video of someone doing something and then the artist will trace it frame by frame.
1: You can see a lot of videos on uh, Disney animators doing this with uh, the Disney princesses. It's actually really cool to see if you are ever interested in learning about this animation technique. It's, It's actually really cool to watch.
0: Yeah, and if you want to see a good anime example, uh, Kids on the Slope, if you go watch one of the musical numbers, they animate them performing, like, uh, jazz instruments, and it's really cool looking. Uh, but the other option, which is only doable, like, in recent years, is uh, mocap. And we we double check just to be sure, and this show does use motion capture to do the dance sequences.
1: So this is something I think a lot of times we think about with video games um, and not so much with anime. Um, So if you don't know what motion capture is, it's basically when they get actors into a green screen room, they put them in these suits that usually have, at least the ones that I've seen, have these little like white balls on them and it's hooked up to lots of cameras and computer equipment that allow the computers to capture what the how the actors are moving.
0: Yeah, each each point that it's capturing would be a a point of articulation on a 3D model that they have of the characters that are done in advance. Uh so they literally just take like professional dancers for these sequences and they do a number and each one of those represents a character in the show and they just directly translate it to the 3d version of the show
1: we saw a video of the actual dancers and it was interesting because they color coordinated their suits so that it was really clear to the animators which dancer was going to be which character
0: yeah and My overall feeling, I think, on this kind of part of the show is that I think it's pretty cool that they've actually taken the time to get professional dancers and to choreograph all of these sequences. Um, While mocap is simpler than rotoscoping, it's it's certainly not easy because you still have to have a professional dance done. And... Uh, I think it's pretty cool that even for, like, a show that's probably for a younger audience that they've taken the time to do real dances for these sequences.
1: Yeah, they made them actual realistic, at least so far, that we've seen, actual dances that people can do.
0: Yeah, and and each of the characters does have, like, a different style. So they've got a guy breakdancing to... uh, portray the the leader of the other group all that said it is extremely distracting <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah i think this is the part that i was saying a little bit earlier is that it is very clear that the animation is different um and it happens so fast There's not always a lead into it. You know, one minute they'll kind of be talking and then they'll like shift into dancing and you're suddenly in a totally different kind of space. The 2D and 3D space don't look the same and it's it just doesn't look very good.
0: (laughs) Yeah, which is a shame because your only other option would be to make the whole show look like that, which would be much, much worse. Yes. It's really just the transition between the two that is rough.
1: Yeah. So I think the big thing that we need to talk about in this show is the music. Because it's really important to what's going on in the show. Because it's about dancing.
0: Well, it should be really important. (laughs) I'm going to tell you right up front, it's not.
1: (laughs) It should be important they didn't do a great job with it.
0: So... I actually think the intro music is kind of okay. Yeah, it's fun and it fits the show really well. It's kind of cutesy. Um, it's nothing crazy, but uh, I think it sets a good tone for the show.
1: I think if I were a kid watching it, it could be the kind of music that I would remember really well. Like I think of like the Saturday morning cartoons that I used to watch as a kid, and it it probably feels like that. For kids of like, oh, I know what the song is. and I'm going to remember it, you know, <laughs> 30 years from now.
0: <laughs> but through the rest of the show, the vast majority of what we hear is what is supposed to be JL's music, because that's what the dancers like to use for their routines, which is strange. Like if you're trying to be your own dancer, <laughs> like just picking someone else's music and doing their different routine to their dance music Mm -hmm. seems weird yeah uh but this music is the most like cut and paste sort of generic electronic music that i've heard in a little bit at least since you know like this came out in 2014 that was like peak of this kind of music Mm -hmm. and it's kind of rough
1: Uh, I didn't actually realize how much it was repeating until Colin had pointed out to me that it was actually the same song and the same part of the same song, at least in this one episode, throughout the entire episode, that this one part of the song just kept starting and stopping in the same place, that it would just loop over, and every time somebody would start their dance sequence, it would start over And I don't know if that was supposed to be intentional or not, but it got real annoying real fast.
0: Well, yeah, because it was like uh, we saw Rhythms video on the Internet Mm -hmm. performing to this song. We saw the main character recreating that performance. We saw them like doing it together. We saw them go to this dance competition, and we literally saw the same song performed four different times by four different dancers. And I I think there actually are like a couple pieces of music that we've heard, but they're all so generic and so similar that they might as well be the same song.
1: Which, if they're going to talk about how great of an artist this Jay guy is, you think they'd have some variety in the music rather than showing off the one part of his discography.
0: Yeah, and talking specifically about variety, they say up front that the members of Tribal Soul have, like, different styles that they are good at and that they perform to. And when they are introducing these characters, they do, like, a little stinger of music to say, kind of like this, and then they perform. And every single time, it is like the same generic electro house electronic music. But this time, it's got like a jazzy piano on top of it. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I mean, I, like, as a, a person who has produced electronic music in sort of vaguely similar genres, what I can tell you is that this is bass level production stuff you could pull any 14 year old off of the street give them some software and they could make this music <laughs> uh it's all like four to the floor electro house with vengeance drum samples since made in massive some chopped vocals that you could buy off of a sample pack it, it's like the epitome of just bad club music
1: yeah and for a show that's really supposed to be about the spirit of dancing. Just having the same thing play over and over again is just really a shame because not only do you get do you not get different styles of dancing because they're all kind of going to the same thing and they talk about like you really want to move to the song, so they end up moving in pretty similar ways. But it it just sort of feels Empty after you've heard the same song for the umpteenth time that you're just sort of like, well, it's no wonder you're all good dancers. You've only been dancing to this one song for who (laughs) knows how many years.
0: So, Kayla, let's uh, talk a little bit about our general thoughts as we come out of our discussion on the show. Uh, What did you think overall of Tribe Cool Crew?
1: I really felt like this show is designed for an audience much younger than me. And I don't want to knock kid shows or anything like that. I don't want to punish a show for appealing to the audience it was meant to appeal to and that just not being me. But there's something to be said about there are kid shows that are out there or have been out there that can still be at least appealing to adults. Um, Maybe it's not the thing that they would go to, but I know that there were shows that I watched that my parents didn't hate, you know. Um, and there have been shows that I've watched with, you know, kids that I'm I'm babysitting or whatever that I've been like, this isn't the worst thing that <laughs> that is out there. Um, but this show just does not appeal to me in my current <laughs> life stage and and me as an adult. And I wonder if I. You know, if I had a kid and they liked it, then maybe it would be okay. But I don't really see myself enjoying watching this, even if I was, you know, with a kid that was watching it. And so that just kind of, I just very much felt like not the audience they were going for.
0: Yeah, even though I'm not personally invested in dancing, especially like this kind of style of music and dance... Uh, it's a genre that I'm glad to see. And I'm glad to see that they're tackling it by showcasing actual really good dancers. And from what I looked at online, these are top Japanese dancers. like
1: oh, That's awesome.
0: Uh, celebrity kind of status dancers in, in Japan. Uh, so I think that's pretty interesting. It's also a really difficult and challenging move because it's just so hard to get across the idea and the the actual effect of seeing a dance in this kind of animated format um this is probably not something that most dancers would get to experience of seeing their moves translated into some totally like inhuman format (laughs) uh like if you're if you're an american dancer and you got hired to perform in the Just Dance games, you might, like, see yourself turned into a panda, and that's the closest you get.
1: Well, it's usually, like, a dude in a panda suit. Right. Yeah. No, I I think I agree that it's nice to see a show really reach out into a different kind of medium and bring them in and, like really showcase them instead of just being like, oh, like choreograph this thing and we'll just kind of like draw it and do it in sort of impossible ways, but to really actually use their moves in these characters that these kids will really love and really getting to build up a new generation of kids that will love and appreciate dance
0: so you had you had mentioned uh, about the how it's geared towards younger audiences. One thing that I do appreciate is that fifty episodes is is a lot, but it's not totally overstaying its welcome. Mm. And this is something we see frequently with kids shows: is that they'll go on for hundreds and hundreds of episodes,
1: milk it for all it's worth,
0: and you could find any sort of anything themed off of that show. <laughs> uh, we saw this with, like, Cardfight Vanguard, mm-hmm. of how many things you can buy for that franchise. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's just because this wasn't popular, but I'm glad to see that it wasn't that huge thing, and it just kind of did its thing and then went away forever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only other thing I'd mention is we we'd talked about, like, how all over the place the characters are. Honoru is not a character I could get behind. Um, he is likable to a degree, but his overeagerness and his pushiness really kind of grates on you pretty quickly.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that.
0: And obviously the music kind of makes me wretch. So.
1: <laughs> so with all of that being said, Colin, would you watch more of it?
0: I would not. Um... <laughs> And it's weird because I probably enjoyed watching this show more than any other show I've said no to, but I think that's partially just because it's, like, friendly and nice and wholesome and not disgusting. (laughs) Um, And like I said before, while I do appreciate their effort and what they're doing for the genre and the performing arts in general... I don't think I could get behind the characters long term and there's not really much story or anything like that to flesh out.
1: Yeah, I'm also going to say no. Um I I would agree like I didn't cringe while watching the show, which is usually my first indicator that I'm going to say no. But I could I could really feel that I was not the intended audience for this. And feeling that disconnected from a show just doesn't make me want to get involved with it. Um, and I'm guessing the show has to pick up at some point, but it hasn't even begun to <laughs> really start yet. And and I, I don't really care to wait for it to start.
0: So the real question is, when are we going to get an adult show that's not an <laughs> adult show?
1: We had fate. <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> you could say any number of things about that.
1: Ah, <sighs> This is what we signed up for. All right. Well, I think that about does it for this week. If you want to learn more about our show, you can visit our website at annamonday.moe. That's annamonday.moe. You can send us questions and comments to podcast at anamonday.moey, and you can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Our username is Anna Monday Cast, and you can find links for that on our website. Also, if you want to take a second to rate and subscribe to our show on iTunes, that helps other people find us, and it helps us get more listeners for the show so that they can experience all of these fun, fun roles, too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we uh, really appreciate those of you who have shared the show, and uh, however you listen to it, uh, yeah, just let us know what you're thinking, and uh, you can always email us with any questions or comments you have. Thanks also to Crunchyroll for all of the anime that you provide, and for the Random Button, which produces these wonderful and wonderfully terrible results. If you want to follow along with us each week, we'll have a link to the current title on our website and social media, so that you can watch what we're watching. Finally, thanks to C2A for providing the intro and outro music for our show, which come from his Senpai EPs that are available on Bandcamp and other major streaming services.
1: All right. Are you ready to roll? I already the... did it. Oh my God. Why? Did you already do it?
0: Yeah. Three, two, one, go.
1: <laughs> That's how you're going to do this? Uh
0: huh. Right. <laughs> our anime for the week is Ninja Nonsense.
1: No! (laughs) I'm already not on board. You don't see what I'm seeing right now. Oh, boy. Uh, And the first episode is called Ninja Trainee Shinobu. No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Wish us luck. (laughs) It's going to be a rough week.
0: So it's going to be the return of Miss Machiko?
1: Sounds like it. Except with ninjas. Yeah. Instead of... School kids. That makes it better. Does it? (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) All right. Well, (laughs) thank you again, Crunchyroll.
0: (laughs) And thank you to you, the listener, for sticking with us.
1: We watch it so that you don't have to.
0: Yeah. This (laughs) must be so easy for you.
1: (laughs) All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.
0: Uh, it's all like four-to-the-floor electro house with vengeance drum samples, since made in massive. Some chopped vocals that you could buy off of a sample pack.